Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. A video feed is also available right now if you have the Twitch app. Eight minutes after 5 o'clock, I hope you've had a terrific Thursday, April the 6th of 2023. The last two weeks, maybe you have not been at full capacity at your desk at the office. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, Thursday and Friday, NCAA tournament action might have been on your computer. Well, if you're a golf fan, today and tomorrow is one of those days. If you have a premium service from a major network, you can watch coverage of the Masters before it goes on ESPN at 3 o'clock. So this is one of those fun days if you're a golf fan to watch the Masters. It's one of those tournaments we know all the shots The Masters is at Augusta National every year. We know the holes like the back of our hand. Even though the par 513th is different this year, they push the tee box back 35 yards, and the tee box is 8 foot higher in the air compared to the old tee box. They're trying to lengthen that par 5 because a par 5 should not be driver 8 iron, and that's what it has been for some of the long hitters recently with all the technology in the game. So the tee box was pushed back. You can barely now turn the corner in that dog leg to the left. It is more of a three-shot hole. You wonder if there will be as many roars from 13. 
Normally, you got that big roar when someone would hit an iron onto the green in two and knock it close. But now it might be more roars with a wedge in hand, maybe 90 yards to the pin, and someone sticks it close or knocks it in the hole. Might be a different roar, but 13 is still going to be a challenging part of the back nine at Augusta National. We'll talk more about the Masters coming up here in just a moment in our hat trick of opening topics. Also on the program this evening, a couple of segments on the Fighting Irish running back room, one of the more talented rooms right now at the Goog. Dylan McCullough is the running back coach back for another year. You'll hear from McCullough coming up in about 20 minutes or so. He talked today about that running back room. And also, Audric Estime has trimmed down just a tad bit. And maybe one of the reasons why he's cut down on his favorite fast food restaurant. You'll hear from Audric and our hat trick of opening topics coming up in just a moment. Also tonight, during this 5 o'clock hour, we will have our Twitter question of the day. 6 o'clock hour begins with Notre Dame football recruiting conversation. We pushed Mike to Thursday this week, so we will talk all things Notre Dame football recruiting with Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. If you are a recruiting geek or if you want to learn about more than likely a future Notre Dame starting quarterback, you want to join me at about 6.05 when I talked to Mike. He had the chance to watch and spend some time around C.J. Carr, the Notre Dame quarterback commit in this upcoming class. He's been a little quiet talking about Notre Dame, but as Mike found out, there's nothing to worry about with C.J. Carr. He's all good with the Fighting Irish, and Mike will explain what C.J. had to say coming up in our recruiting segment, and also Mike offers some thoughts on watching C.J. throw the old pigskin around down in Tennessee at a 7-on-7 tournament. So that conversation coming up in approximately an hour here on WSBT Radio. Also in the 6 o'clock hour, we will talk some Masters, my Five question of the day. My five most interesting NFL draft prop bets. Bets, excuse me, bets. Michael Mayer is involved in one of those. And we'll have a little sizzler to wrap up the program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. As we kick off the program, just a few moments ago, I put another contest up on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. I'd love for you to go to my Twitter account and reply to the question that I posted just a little bit ago, and it's another Sports Beat Wings Etc. contest. At stake, a $50 gift card from our good friends at Wings Etc. If you go to my webpage, or I should say my Twitter account, you will see the question, which is, who is going to lead the second round of the Masters? After tomorrow's second round, who's going to be in the lead? Your choices are Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, or you can take the other 85 players in the field. Reply to my Twitter question. That'll be your submission. If more than one person has the correct answer, which will be the case, we will draw for the winner of that $50 gift card from Wings, etc. on Monday's program. So we would love for you to stop by my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. You should be able to make a pick until mid-morning tomorrow, so... Stop on by, make your pick, and hopefully we'll set you up with a $50 gift card from Wings, etc. 
Now to our hat trick of opening topics. Three topics to start tonight's program. We begin with the Notre Dame running back room. Boy, is it fun to look at the Fighting Irish depth chart. When one of your better running backs has moved to wide receiver, you know you're in pretty good shape. And the top three right now in that running back room, Audric Estime and Logan Diggs are 1A and 1B. Jabran Payne taking advantage of Diggs being a little dinged up. Jadarian Price coming back from Achilles surgery and Chris Tyree at wide receiver. Payne has been filling in as kind of 1B and likely number three on the depth chart once we conclude spring practice in 16 days. I asked this question earlier in the week on our Twitter question of the day. Right now, today, who's the face of the Notre Dame offense? And almost half of the votes went to running back Audric Estime. He's not your normal running back, right? He's not the size you normally think of, of a player that has pretty good speed for a big guy. And he's got some pretty good power as well. Estime got almost 49% of the vote, beating out Sam Hartman, Joe Alt, and fellow running back Logan Diggs. And Estime has trimmed down a little bit. It looks a little different right now in spring practice, which is a good thing for the fall. Estime last year had that breakout season we're expecting after just a handful of carries. In his first season with the Irish last year, 156 carries for Estime for 920 yards. That led the team 5.9 yards per carry and a team best 11 rushing touchdowns. Audric Estime had the chance to answer questions from the media earlier today. Let's allow you to hear from your face of the Notre Dame offense, Audric Estime. Honestly, the first step was losing body fat. So going into this all season, I pride myself to be more, um, be more strict on my diet and be more mindful of the calories I'm taking in, all the supplements I'm taking. So I lost a good amount of weight, lost a good amount of body fat, but my muscle and muscle mass all stayed up there. So I feel like that kind of helped me and all the indie, indie period, all the footwork through, um, drills we do with Coach Dillon is definitely paying off. And then I guess one, how did the Ireland trip come about and then what did you get out of that experience? Oh yeah, so this guy just wanted um, me, Lower and Chris, they're big fans of us, so they wanted us to represent Notre Dame and that was an honor for us to be chosen to go to Ireland. That was a great experience. I've never been to Europe before, so that was definitely a great experience. Drawing on the left side was a little off to me, but I got used to it. And that trip was just a great experience. It showed us how people on a whole different side of the country live and how they're very similar to us, and I'm looking forward to get back there in August. Audrey, take us through that experience of losing the body fat during the offseason. What did you learn about yourself, and how difficult was it? I just learned like in life, that you go, if you want something, you gotta make sacrifices. And me, I'm not gonna lie, I like eating a lot. <laughs> so that's a sacrifice I had to make. Instead of eating, like say, canes two times a week, I gotta eat canes every other week. So that's just being more disciplined. And I feel like that just helps in other aspects of life. Instead of football, it just helps me in the classroom, helps me with my family, with everything. It just helps me be more disciplined. Talk about uh, improving your body composition a little bit. But as far as like, in between the parts of your game, what are you 
I feel like I'm focused on everything, but I've been focused on um, run reads more, a lot more, so be more distinctive, being thinking less and more reacting. I've been working on my pass pro, bringing my hands with me, um, pass recognition and uh, route running, be be more detailed on my routes, be more twitchy, press the line more. So I've been taking taking advantage of all my game and working on all aspects of it. Obviously early, but have you set any personal goals for yourself in the next month, maybe? Uh, yeah, I have pers my personal goal is honestly to be the best team in the country, to be the best office in the country, and to be the best running back in the country. And then uh, with a guy like Chris Tyree moving out to the wide receiver room, what have you seen from him? How is he able to help the team in that different sort of uh, role and position? Chris, he's just a ball player. No matter where he's at, he's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be making plays. He's going to be out wide making plays. And Chris is a team player. He's willing to do whatever is best for the team. And he's been out there making plays, and he looks really good. So I'm excited to see what, what he does out there. And the last one for me, uh, initial impressions on Coach Parker expanding his role to be in the overall OC. What have you seen from him? Oh, yeah. Coach Parker stepped in. No, no downfall. Just when he stepped in, took a step, and he's leading this offense in the right direction. He he brings great energy, and everyone just rallies around him, and that's something we need to know. See, what's it like working with Sam? S Sam uh, Hartman. Oh, he's a he's a pro. So I feel like just I want to make it to the highest level. He makes, wants to make it to the highest level, and I feel like we just make each other better every day. Like if he had a bad play, like a bad handoff or something, he'd come to me three hours later, and when we had class, yo, sorry about that. I'm like. Bro, he's still thinking about that, but that's just the type of guy he is. He's just trying to get better every day. And that's the type of guys I need around me and need around this whole team. What's it like for you, but actually with uh, a couple of the young guys, Brian and Jadarian, how have they been coming along? I know Jadarian has recovered from injury as well, but mm -hmm. what have you seen from them in their growth earlier? Oh, yeah, those guys are young guys anymore. You could tell by the way they're playing. They're playing fast. They're playing smart. And those guys are ballers, and we just need those guys in the room. Those guys are iron, and I'm iron, and iron sharpens iron. So we're all just getting better to, uh, together as a unit every day. What's it like just running behind Joe Wall and Blake Fisher? Oh, it's great. They make my job look easy. I got the best in the business. I feel like those are the best two tackles in our country. And what up? What more could you ask for to run behind those guys? And those guys are hard workers. So on, on and off the field, they got your back no matter what. So those are just guys I'll do anything for. I'll take dozens of hits for them because I know they'll do the same for me. Well, he's right about that. It's hard to do any better than that group of tackles that he was mentioning. Alt. And Fisher, we'll see who the guards are going to be. That's a work in progress. Zeke Carell at center. Let's hope this football team can run it as well, maybe even better than they did last year. Hey, Marcus Freeman has said, even with Sam Hartman joining this football team, he wants to be able to run the football, in particular when the opposition knows the Fighting Irish are going to run the football. Our second of three hat trick of opening topics for this Thursday Let's stay in the running back room and discuss Logan Diggs for just a moment. Diggs has missed some time on the practice field this spring with an undisclosed injury. Based on what you're reading and hearing, it sounds like a lower body injury, but we do not know for sure. In fact, Diggs has been pretty much off the practice field for almost two weeks. Now it's the spring. And it doesn't sound like a serious injury. So this all goes into the, quote, not a big deal, end quote, category. Now, Diggs spoke with the media today and said, quote, it's nothing major. I'll be back probably next week. I ran today. I felt really good. I'll be back to practicing and in drills next week, end quote. 
The fact that he mentioned he ran today, I think that's where we put two and two together, that likely it's a lower body injury. Now, Diggs also mentioned he believes he is likely to play in the blue goal game, which is 16 days away, a game that you can hear right here on WSBT Radio. So it appears Diggs is not seriously injured. He's confident. If the coaches want him on the field for the blue goal game, that he'll be ready to go. That's the hope anyway. And let's see if he gets back on the practice field, as he mentioned, next week. Now with Diggs on the sideline, sophomore Jabran Payne has received more opportunities. Sharing time with a big guy, estimate. Also, Jadarian Price out since last summer. After that Achilles surgery, Coach McCall is hoping Price will be a full participant when the calendar hits June. That is good news because once you get all these guys healthy, then the distribution of carries can get very interesting. And Coach McCullough talked about if he likes a running back by committee. And we will bring you those comments coming up in our next segment here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. 523 at WSBT, Darren Pritchett with you. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for this Thursday is the opening major of the golf season. The Masters at historic Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. This is by far the best day weather-wise that the world's best will see at this golf course. Temperatures in the low 80s today. The wind has not been overwhelming. It has not really been much of a factor today. The golf course is still a tad bit soft from recent rain. And I think two things unfolded today. Number one, these golfers looked at the forecast for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it doesn't look promising. Tomorrow, they're expecting rain. Then Saturday, the temperatures could be upper 40s with rain. And then Sunday... Less precipitation, fingers crossed, but temperatures are only going to be in the high 50s. So you're going to go from 82, 83 today to maybe 47, 48 on Saturday. These golfers knowing that the golf course is going to be challenging the rest of the way when you factor in the weather. And with these softer conditions, they are able to go at some of these pins today. And they're trying to post a little bigger score maybe than they would normally maybe more aggressive than a normal first round and we are seeing some pretty good scores posted today in fact right now the clubhouse leaders carded seven under par 65s today and we've got a juicy leaderboard right now the three players at seven under John Rahm one of the best three players in the world right now You've got Victor Hovland and from the Live Golf Tour, Brooks Kepka. Now, Kepka won on the Live Circuit last weekend down in Florida. Now, they only play 54 holes. They do a shotgun start. It's a whole different ballgame, honestly, than this. But Kepka, boy, struck the ball extremely well. This is a guy that went on a major run a couple of years ago. He has been dealing with a knee injury. 
His golf swing is centered around the power in his legs. And this, for the first time in a while, looked like the old Brooks Kepka. Hit the ball extremely well and posted that 7-under par 65. Cameron Young, a 5-under 67. Xander Shoffley, a 4-under par 68. So the scoring, very good on day one of the Masters. But, as I mentioned, the weather is not going to be fun for these players. The golf course is going to become a little longer, which could be a factor. For example, on the par 5 13th that they made 35 yards longer this year. It's more of a three-shot hole this year. Once the rain starts to come down, I think we can all agree, even the biggest hitters, it is going to be a three-shot hole. If you go for it in two, you probably can make it, but there are so many penalties around that green, it just may not be worth it. Tiger Woods today got off to a slow start on the front side. Ended his day with a two-over par, 74. The problem for Woods in the first nine holes or so, he couldn't make a putt. In fact, his first six putts inside of 10 feet, not counting tap-ins, he missed. Made three bogeys on the front side, carded a couple of birdies on the back side, bogeyed a late hole and finished with a two-over par, 74. And now tomorrow is going to be more of a challenge for Tiger as he will start later, which I think he's okay with. He likes the early start in the first round, late start in the second round, gives him more time to recuperate that injured right leg and ankle from the car crash. He needs as much time as possible to rehab his body in between rounds. But tomorrow, cold, rainy, I think any of us that have an injury or achy bones, when it gets cold and it rains, the body doesn't feel as good. doesn't work as well. Well, imagine all the metal in Tiger's knee and ankle. It's probably not going to be in a great mood tomorrow. And you also factor in how hilly this golf course is. It is an awfully tough challenge for Tiger. The golf swing looks pretty doggone good. It's just the body. You wonder how it's going to be able to hold up in particular with the weather changing for the worse tomorrow. It's been a fun first day of the Masters, the whole live PGA Tour thing. It's kind of been squashed by the pairings that Augusta National put together for the first round. It has been interesting watching the coverage. Now, I got here about 3 o'clock at the station so I could do a little extra work and watch the coverage as it came on the air. Someone that is always featured in majors is Phil Mickelson. But they have hardly showed Mickelson today. Now, Phil got himself in hot water making comments in regard to the Live Golf Tour. And let's face it, the horrible people that are behind that tour, the Saudis. And he made some comments that just came out horribly wrong. He ended up going to the Live Golf Tour supposedly for $200 million dollars. Mickelson shot a one under par 71, so he played well today, but at least when I was watching, they did not show him nearly as much as in the past. He's always been a fan favorite, and I got to admit, I was always a huge Mickelson fan, but after the recent history of Mickelson, the comments and then going to the other tour, I really 
fallen out of that group of people that call him, you know, a guy I root for. It's just, unfortunately, not the same guy. Hasn't played well on the Live Golf Tour anyway, but today in a place he knows very, very well, which is an advantage. Mickelson, a one under par 71, but definitely has gone from a guy in the spotlight at majors to a really a, a secondary story at Augusta National. All right, we're halfway through the first hour of the program, 5.30 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. After we take a breather, we'll come back and we'll keep the Notre Dame running back room conversation going. Dylan McCullough talked to the media today about his room, Audric Estime's body, Chris Tyree, and more. You'll hear from the Irish running back coach coming up next on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish in the April 22nd Blue Gold Game, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're gonna win. Don't wanna be a loser, gonna win. The man in the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Estime, leaps into the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame. Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch by Jaden Thomas. Hands off the dig, there he goes! 20, 15, 10, touchdown Notre Dame! Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM, WSPT. Here come the Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Five thirty-six at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thanks for rejoining me here on WSBT Radio. Well, we've got a busy couple of days coming up on the program. Of course, we'll continue focusing on Notre Dame football spring practice. Tomorrow's program at 5.30, Hall of Fame basketball coach Mike Lightfoot rejoins the program to talk about a guy he coached against here in town, Micah Shrewsbury. His thoughts on Micah becoming the new Notre Dame basketball coach. Also tomorrow at 6.06, we'll talk about the Masters with a good friend, the old GM at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, John Foster. He retired a couple of years ago, but he's going to jump back on the program to talk about Augusta National and the Masters on tomorrow's program. And then on Monday, I'm excited for the first time, new Notre Dame basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury is going to join the program. Coach Shrewsbury will be with me Monday right at the start of the program, probably right around 5.06 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And don't forget, go to my Twitter page at 960 Sportsbeat. We have another Sportsbeat Wings, etc. challenge underway. At stake, a $50 gift card to Wings, etc. The question is, who's going to be the leader after the second round of the Masters? That's tomorrow. Is it going to be Rom, Hovland, Kepka, or you can have the other 85 players in the field? The three I mentioned are right now tied for the lead, seven under par. 65. All right, 538 at WSBT. Dylan McCullough is the running back coach for the Fighting Irish. He's back for a second season. I honestly thought that's a guy that 
may not return, not for bad reasons, just might have some offers once again to go back to the National Football League where he had a lot of success. And Coach Freeman did mention all members on the staff had opportunities during the offseason. But good news for the Irish and that running back room, McCullough decided to come back for another year. Last year, the running game, 2,456 yards in 13 contests. That comes out to 188.9 rushing yards per game. And the squad averaged 4.6 yards per carry. As we talked about in the opening segment, the top rusher in terms of yards was Audric Estime. 920 yards on 156 carries, 5.9 yards per carry and 11 touchdowns. The most carries went to Logan Diggs, who had, let's see, nine more carries with 165. But for 820 yards, he averaged five yards per carry and four touchdowns. Then you fell down to Chris Tyree, 100 carries for 444 yards and three touchdowns. His touches diminished late in the year. And Jabran Payne, as the freshman last year, a couple of carries for five yards. As we look at this year's running back room, not a lot has changed other than Chris Tyree moving to wide receiver during the spring. Estime, Diggs, Payne are major factors in the run game. You've got Jadarian Price coming back from the Achilles surgery. We told you in... The last segment that Coach McCullough mentioned today, fingers crossed that Price will be able to go full go with the running backs in June. So it's a really, really good-looking running back room. You've got a very intriguing quarterback who can throw the deep ball in Sam Hartman, and you just imagine he gets that deep ball going, how the deep ball in the running game can really help each other out. And, of course, if you have to use Tyler Buckner at some point, he's another guy that can add yardage to the running game. Now, Hartman can, too. He just was not asked to as much last year at Wake Forest compared to previous seasons. So, McCullough has estimated Diggs. We'll kind of put Tyree in there until he's officially no longer in there. You've got Payne and Price. It's an interesting group of players right now in that running back room. And here is Coach McCullough earlier today talking about the group of players he works with on a daily basis. Well, I mean, the characteristics, I mean, I got the full gamut of what I wanted. I believe I got the best running back room, you know, in the country, you know, as far as production, mindset, just physical attributes, leadership, all the things you need to be successful. So, I mean, I got speed, I got power. You know, I got knowledge of the game. I got savvy. I got leadership, change of direction, pass protection. I got all of the components to make us an upper end team. So, again, just putting those guys all in position to be successful and having those guys be unselfish, that's where we are right now. I like what he said there. He's put together this group, great job of recruiting, building on what he was given when he took over the job. But he's got the guys that he wants, the type of players. There's a little... I think different characteristics with a couple of the running backs, and he really likes that. There's not too many guys that running back that look like Audric Estime. The big guy has trimmed down this spring. He's got a little more wiggle to him. And here is McCullough earlier today discussing Estime now changing his body. Yeah, so a big thing with Audric was we just talked about um, really body fat, lean, you know, just leaning out wasn't necessarily losing weight with the guy because well, I heard it was like 7 or 8% body fat to be lost. 
so you can see those things out there. Another big thing, Audrey comes in, we meet, and we talk every week about just things he wants to improve on. He's really made some big things. He's more twitchy than he was last year. And his route running ability is, I mean, he's killing it now as far as detailing his routes and just being more precise as far as stair-stepping, stacking guys, bursting away. There's a lot of things he's doing that really look good as far as outside of just the things you see when he's running the ball, you know, like with power and different things like that. So besides running the football, a lot of things to work on with Estime, better routes, catching the football, and also being better in pass protection situations. Also, Coach, Coach McCullough today was asked about Chris Tyree moving over from his room to wide receiver at the start of spring practice. Marcus Freeman on day one of practice mentioned, no guarantee this is going to last, no guarantee it's permanent. We're going to try him out. And we got a little bit more of a sense today from McCullough about that change and it does sound like that the coaching staff wanted to give him an opportunity to get on the field a little more, help this football team. You get the sense it wasn't necessarily going to happen solely at running back. So the move to wide receiver is good for everybody. And here is Coach McCullough earlier today talking about Tyree from running back to wide receiver. So the beautiful part is nothing's changed at running back as far as terminology, etc. You know, but the way it was presented to um, Chris months ago, I know I had a conversation with him about the opportunity to be able to help the team and help himself at the same time. And I think he's starting to see the benefits of that as a guy out wide. That speed is a premium. His ability, his knowledge of the game and his ability to be a big playmaker can help us even more on the perimeter. So just excited that he's having success there. Um, probably doing better than what I thought he was going to do there. I mean, I was like, I knew the guy was good, but man, he's been out there killing. That's a testament to Coach Stucking and to um, to Chris with the way he's handling that challenge. You know, based on those comments, now that's the running back coach offering his assessment. It sort of sounds like it could be permanent for Tyree at wide receiver if, in fact, he has quote unquote killing it the way that McCullough just described it. Here's the good news. If he can help the wide receivers, fantastic. Makes that area better. I think you have just one more veteran player to add to that group, which has, you know, a, a handful of young guys still cutting their teeth. And if something happens in the running back room, if you get, let's say, two running backs injured, you can always move Tyree back over to running back, you heard Coach McCullough mention the terminology is not changing, which tells me in an emergency situation, if Tyree would be needed due to injuries or whatever the case may be at running back, he can make that transition rather smoothly. Hey, he's played three years at running back at Notre Dame. He understands the position. He's good at the position, but he's at wide receiver for now, and if he stays there, Worst comes to worst in a situation, you've got a veteran guy that you can throw right back into the running back room, and you feel like you're not going to lose a whole lot. He is a very capable player. Finally, from Coach McCullough today, with all the bodies in the running back room that this football team believes in, there's only one football, and there's going to be some pretty good guys standing on the sideline 
on every single play. Coach McCullough was asked today if he likes the running back by committee or would he rather have that one horse, that one go-to running back? No, I'm, my, my career is so that I'm going to go with a bunch of guys. You know, yeah, it's going to be a guy who, at the end of the day, somebody going to have the most yards. Somebody going to have the most carries. But I look at it as just the long-term diminishing returns to me, especially when I'm in a situation like Notre Dame where I got a bunch of good players. You know what I'm saying? I want to play them guys. And so I told the guys last year, I said, had three guys who had the advantage of having RB1-type touches, but one-third of the beating on their body. Saying and guys, especially for some of these guys trying to go, there's benefit to that. Now again, what we're trying to do here comes first. We want to win games, but at the end of the day, man, you look at the guys I got. It's hard to say one guy's gonna play and other guys ain't gonna play. That's 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 some hard decisions. So I'm gonna play all of them. There's no wrong way to do it. You can win a ton of football games and have success running the football with a go-to guy, which is something we don't see as much anymore at the college or the pro level. You like to use that second guy to keep that number one guy more fresh. There isn't that John Riggins that's going to get 30 carries every week, although Derrick Henry kind of does that for the Titans, but that is one instance. Personally, me, it's just a dumb broadcaster and a football fan. I don't really prefer going three, four deep in a game. Now, if we're talking about late in the game, the third and fourth get in and help run out the clock, that's fantastic. Love it. But in the heat of the battle, if you've got two go-to guys, maybe the third guy's really good too. I like to keep guys in a good flow. I think running backs, most will tell you, they like to stay in a rhythm. And when you go three deep, I think you lose a tad bit of that rhythm. If you got a hot hand, it's awfully hard for me to leave that person on the sideline. But you know what? The committee approach worked perfectly last year for the Fighting Irish as they got the running game going as the season went on. And the hope is it will continue into this year. Let's see how the interior of the offensive line comes together. You've got a quarterback again in Hartman that can throw the deep ball highly successfully. You get the running game going. Maybe you set up the deep ball, play action, or vice versa. You know, the the deep ball can set up the running game as well. With a quarterback that I believe you can count on for consistency and big play capability compared to last year, opens the door for even better things for the running game this year. All right, 549 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our Twitter question of the day. Is next up here on the program. That comes your way in a moment on your home of the Fighting Irish and the Blue Gold game on April the 22nd. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Who's ready for... This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Five fifty four. At WSBT, we're also streaming live at WSBTradio.com and our free WSBT radio app, video feed on the Twitch app. Yesterday's Twitter question of the day, which was available on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat, was this. 
I mentioned earlier in the week that November 6th will be the opening day for college basketball. So on November 6th, what will be the state of the Notre Dame football program? Now on November 6th, they will have played 10 games. Those games, Navy, Tennessee State, North Carolina State, Central Michigan, Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, USC, Pittsburgh, and Clemson. The Clemson game will be right before November 6th. I made the statement I thought on November 6th with those 10 games in the books, the Irish would be 8-2. and two. So we put the question to you. What is your opinion on where the Irish will be on November 6th? Your three choices were, you agree with me, 8-2. and two. Second choice, they're going to be better than 8-2. and two. Your third choice, they're going to be worse than 8-2. and two. Here are the results coming in a distant third place. No negativity here. Worse than 8-2, and two, only got 10% of the vote. Coming in second place in the vote, 33.3% agreed with your host that the Irish on November 6th, after 10 games in the books, would be 8-2. and two. But handily winning the vote, 56.7%. Say, Darren, you're holding back the squad. They deserve better. They are going to be better. 56.7% believe the Irish will be better than 8-2. and two. Now, I had them losing to Ohio State and at Clemson and beating USC at home. So 8-2 got 33.3%, better than 8-2, 56.7%, worse than 8-2, just 10%. We thank you for voting. And Thursday's question is live and ready to go on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. And the question is, it's a golf theme with the Masters underway. Which course would you rather play if you were given the chance? Three choices today, Augusta National, Pebble Beach, or St. Andrews. Which would you choose if you had the chance to play one of the three and you were never going to get the chance to play the other two? Where do you go? Augusta National, Pebble Beach, or St. Andrews? We'd love to get your take. Go to my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. And while you're there, make your pick in our SportsBeat Wings Etc. Challenge. Who is going to lead after the second round of the Masters? You have four choices. Rom, Hovland, Kepka, or the other 85 players. You get the field. For all the people that have the correct answer, we'll put those names in a hat. Draw one name for a $50 gift card to Wings, etc. To get involved in the contest, go to my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. Reply to that Twitter post, and you will be submitted in our contest. Good luck. 5.58 is our time. My name is Darren Pritchett. We're at the halfway point of the program, and coming up, 
In just a few moments, we'll talk Notre Dame football recruiting, in particular, C.J. Carr, the Irish quarterback commit. Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated spoke with C.J. last weekend. Mike will speak with us coming up next on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. Brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's the family inn. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. And Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit betheluniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The WSBT Radio app. And on Twitch, as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. We always enjoy our conversations with Mike Singer talking Notre Dame football recruiting. We're in the midst of spring practice here in South Bend, so let's get the latest on what's happening with some possible future Notre Dame football players. Of course, you can read all about it at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. And besides listening to our interview on WSBT Radio Sports Beat, we are also available on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. Mike, how are you? Doing great. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much. Some warm weather here in South Bend. Perfect for spring practice, so we like that. Well, you were down in Tennessee where it was probably really nice last weekend watching some seven-on-seven involving Notre Dame's quarterback commit in the next class C.J. Carr, give me your thoughts on what you saw C.J. throwing that pigskin around. It was a pretty effortless weekend. Um, They played in five games total. It was a small tournament. I think there's only like eight teams. Usually at these, there's like 25 or 30. So it was a small tournament and not too many games. And, you know, he's switching off with the other quarterback on on his team as they, you know, just rotate and, not great competition, Darren. Um, I mean, the other teams didn't really have many Division One players, to my knowledge, but uh, CJ uh, just kind of made everything look easy. Uh, you could count on two hands the amount of in- incompletions he had in five games. I think it was something like seven or eight. So, slinging the ball around, down the field, short to intermediate pass the game, just kind of did everything and w- w- was pinpoint. I, it's always good to see in, in person, like, you know, how, how the players, what they're like as people. Like, what what are they like with their teammates? Are they you know, very strict and business-like? Or is, at these 7-on-7 events, they're really just to have fun, right? I mean, at the end, it's not real football. No, It's not big money on the line. It's 7-on-7 football. It's just some good off-season training. What, what, is, what are these guys like? And, and Carr was, you know, serious when he needed to be, um, especially when you get into – pool or excuse me bracket play and you're in the final the championship game like you kind of see there's a lot less talking uh, you know at that point um and the guys are much more serious so car would have a lot of fun with his teammates um i mean he, he even played a few snaps at receiver during one <laughs> blowout game you know like a lot of fun you know goofy kid at times you know just like all these teenagers are just you know have, have and fun with the other boys and and then, you know, when, when it's time to get serious, it's, you know, it, it's all business. And, and yeah, and, 
again, there's not a real a lot for me to take away from this as far as like, wow, do you think CJ Carr is really good based on like, I could just tell you that he was very accurate. I mean, I love his mechanics, his decision-making, his way he can manipulate defenses with his eyes. Like he's very good with some of these things, um, Darren. I mean, he's, I was talking to source on the Notre Dame side of things this week about Carr and he's going to come in ready to play. You know, I don't know if he'll play as a true freshman or not, but he is more of a, yeah, I don't want to call him close, close to a finished product, but he's more ready made to play earlier in his career than most quarterbacks do. One thing I notice about, and for the people watching on the YouTube channel, you're watching video of Carr throwing down in Tennessee, a very effortless motion. I think it is a motion that is easy to replicate, which is yeah. very, very important. And I just love the way, Mike, the ball comes out of his hand. There's not a whole lot of effort even when he throws the ball 40 50 yards down the field it's not like he has to get his whole body into it it's just kind of a flick of the wrist which is very very impressive no wobble either no this is all from the pocket he's really good throwing outside the pocket too he's a pretty darn good athlete so it's easy and what I do like about this is even if a receiver's fairly covered like he's not a he's not running wide open five yard separation if there's a, a defender near the receiver, he knows how to put the ball exactly where the defender can't get it. Only his guy can. You see that a lot in the red zone. That's kind of a, um, you know, and maybe an underrated thing about Carr. You know, it's just that that pinpoint accuracy in the red zone. And this is again, this is seven on seven. There's um, again no pass rush. He knows he can't get hit. All those kind of things. But still, you can see the arm talent. And I would put his arm talent with anyone in the country. And I would have to imagine, Mike, knowing his bloodlines and seeing what he has done at the high school level, he's already got a high football IQ coming to South Bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his dad played quarterback in Michigan. His grandfather's Lloyd Carr. I mean, <laughs> the, the guy knows football. And that was a conversation I had with him, Darren, was uh, – I was like, CJ, I, I get the sense that you don't really care about recruiting. Like, it, you know, you're, you're a football guy. That's what CJ Carr is. He's a football guy. And this is one of my favorite quotes really ever, Darren. Because I asked CJ, I was like, look, this is my read on this. Tell me what you think. And you can find the full story, Blue and Gold. This Q&A was absolutely fantastic. Carr had some really good stuff to say um, about, you know, the Notre Dame staff, the status of his commitment, really everything. So this is a quote. He said, I don't want to be recruited. Just talk ball with me. I don't need the graphics. Let's go install the offense. Like, he told me, he's like, I don't want them. If they're going to, like, if Notre Dame's going to talk to me in, in the day, don't ask me about, <laughs> hey, I was school today. He's like, let's, let's, let's talk ball. Like, tell me about your concepts on offense. Like, I want to learn the verbiage. Like, I want to get there ready to play. So, it, it, like, he loves the school side of things in Notre Dame. Like, he understands all of that. He gets it. But he doesn't need he doesn't need to talk about that stuff anymore. Like it's it's more of okay, give me the football side of things. That's all I worry about. He is Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm WSBT Radio's Darren Pritchett. Mike, I know recently we had a conversation about Carr. He had been a little bit on the quiet side once Tommy Reese left for Alabama. Jared Parker comes in. 
not only is tight end coach, but now offensive coordinator. Gino Gadouli becomes the quarterback coach. He comes from Wisconsin. But after talking to him, and I don't want to give all your premium information at blueandgold.com. We want people to go there. But I get the sense from reading your stuff that you came away feeling like this kid still absolutely loves Notre Dame. And he probably needed just a little time to get to know what this coaching staff was going to do on the offensive side of the football. Fair? Yeah, I, I think that absolutely. Look, I mean, there's a lot of changes. You have Reese leaving and, you know, a guy who recruited them for, you know, a couple of years. Um, you have these new guys coming in and, and Carr had known Parker a little bit. And as the tight ends coach, when I think Carr's been to campus 10 times and, and it will be number 11 uh, Thursday. Um, and then Gino Gadouli offered him when Gadouli was at Cincinnati, but the Bearcats had no shot there, right? And CJ Carr is one of the top quarterbacks in the country with offers from basically every school in the country. So I think it makes sense for him to be like, man, there's all this change. My phone's blowing up nonstop. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to be a kid. I'm going to put my phone away. Like, I, I just want to go play zone seven and, and, and train and, uh, work out and all that stuff. So just get to know these guys, like take a step away from the national spotlight. And it, you're starting to see a little bit of it come back to where he's starting to tweet a little bit more about Notre Dame. Like some, you know, tweet out a, you know, the shamrock emoji to some guys asking, or the defensive lineman who I actually talk about in a bit in your show, Darren, like, Hey, you know, where's home and CJ throws the, the shamrock emoji. So it's, you're starting to come back a little bit more toward, towards him being that public figure, um, you know, leading Notre Dame's class publicly as we've seen guys like Blake Fisher and, and Drake Bowen do in years past. So it's starting, to, it's starting to come back around. Like, he's definitely getting more comfortable with those guys. Visiting campus Thursday, and he'll be back for the blue-gold game in a couple of weeks, too. So um, all definitely seems well there. Any concern that folks may have had with Carr, you know, not being super solid with his commitment, I think it's time to put that to rest. Okay, that's good to know. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider. Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let's transition into the class of 2025. There's a lot of activity on your Twitter page and at blueandgold.com involving Notre Dame football recruiting in that class, including I think we've seen some quarterback conversation as well. How would you assess where the coaching staff is right now with recruiting that particular class? Yeah, if history has anything to say, Notre Dame should start to land their first few commitments in the 2025 class. I think that, you know, the 2024 one, you know, they had their first commitment in spring game, Brandon Davis, who later decommitted. But, you know, late spring, early summer, you'll start to see Notre Dame get some commitments. By the start of the football season, I would imagine Notre Dame's at like five or six commitments in that, in the 2025 class. So, after a pretty good spot at the quarterback position, Darren, and just this past weekend, uh, the Fighting Irish had Deuce Knight, um, a quarterback from Mississippi, who top hundred player, number eight quarterback in the uh, in the country in, in his cycle. Notre Dame's really excited about him. From what I hear, he's going to be one to keep an eye on. Six four hundred ninety pounds, a lefty, um, really good one. I mean, the athleticism, the arm strength. Notre Dame sources are pretty excited about him. Yeah, I mean, they got several quarterback offers out. Knight's not the only one. The running back board, I would say, is in a pretty early place. No no one that really sticks out is like, oh, that's the guy. Receiver, um, I mean, Talon Taylor, you have someone from Chicagoland, and he's ranked as the number 14 overall player, number three receiver. There's a lot of excitement about him. Jamie French 
is the number 20 overall player in the class. It's another big-time receiver. Dalen McCutcheon's visiting campus. I mean, lots of big-time talent at receiver who Notre Dame has already had on campus. Um, and our, and their, these guys are very interesting. I actually have Jerome Bettis Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 6'3", 185-pound receiver. You can guess who his father is. You know, you know Notre Dame's going to do fine at tight end. James Flanagan, an Irish legacy, and Ryan uh, – I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce the last name. Ryan G. We'll just call him Ryan G. Uh, he's visited, he visited campus back-to-back weekends, March 25th and April 1st. You know Notre Dame's going to do fine at tight end, and then tackle's pretty interesting – excuse me, pretty early for that. Only three offers out for, for tight end – or excuse me, offensive line prospect. So uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Darren, it's early, but I'd say Notre Dame's in a pretty good spot. Mike, is there, before the end of spring practice, a big recruiting weekend for the Irish? The 25th, March 25th and April 1st weekends, those are the big ones. You're going to have a little, like, I, there's going to be a few prospects this weekend. And then during the week, too, kind of sprinkled in, uh, the April 15th, there'll be a few prospects. But really the three big ones for the spring were March 25th, April 1st, and then the blue-gold game will be... You know, it'll be bonkers. You're, you're going to have probably all your 2024 commitments, or most of them. You have plus of 2023 signees who haven't enrolled early yet. They're going to make it 2025 prospects there. And you've even seen class of 2027 players. I mean, it, it's eighth graders, I think. So it's, it's going to be mayhem. It always is for the Blue Gold game. It seems like the last couple of cycles there has been one recruit that – might be considered a diamond in the rough for some people. Now, a couple of years ago, you were a big, well, you were the leader of the Joe Alt fan club. And really, for a lot of people, he was a diamond in the rough. He was a big surprise that he was such an impact guy right away. So despite you being big on him right away, he's kind of a diamond in the rough for the majority. Last year, I think we can all agree, cornerback Benjamin Morrison might fall into that category. So... Very early in the process, we're talking spring practice where some things don't turn out the way we think they're going to. There's a lot of buzz about Ben Minich right now. Supposedly he's got three interceptions during spring practice. So why don't you do a little reboot, remind us about Minich in the recruiting process, and should we consider him a diamond in the rough, at least a possibility? I thought you were going towards who's your Joe Walt for the 2024 class. I'm like, Darren, I don't know yet, man. You got to give me a little bit more time. <laughs> so going to Minick, as maybe that it's an interesting one. Alt and Morrison, both summer enrollees who just exploded as true freshmen. You don't uh, you see it at Notre Dame, but not a lot of places. Um, ben Minick being that, that's an inter- It's an interesting one because Notre Dame would certainly. I mean, they have safeties, you know, DJ Brown, Thomas Harper, like they got guys, but could Minnick come in and be that guy? It's, it's interesting. He's not the biggest guy, Darren. I mean, I'm pull up what he's actually listed at. You know what number he's rocking? 2022 sounds right. What number is Ben Minnick wearing? I really want to pull up what his size is right now. I don't have my ben number. Ben wearing 22. 5'11 and 7'8. So he's right on the cusp of six foot. He's listed at 190. He's not not the biggest safety. Talking okay, so rebooting him as a as a prospect, speed. I mean, track star, like four or five kind of guy. Like the guy, 
sub easily sub uh, eleven uh, in the hundred meter. I think he was running crazy stuff like ten four, ten five. I don't remember, but he's running crazy numbers in the hundred meters. For you know, in the forty, I know he impressed Notre Dame to camp there last summer. Um, so yeah, when, when you look through the recruiting class, no one's like, oh Ben Minnick, that's the player I'm most excited about. Um, but his the versatility to play multiple spots in the back end. Um, both safety spots, maybe can come up and play nickel. Like that, really good athlete, Darren. Fast as heck, really good athlete. It would surprise me if he's the you know the the Joe Walter the twenty three cycle where he um, just comes in and makes a big impact as a freshman. Now, who that guy is, um, it, it, it's tough because you usually don't see it coming. Even though I, I was a huge believer in Joe Walter, I didn't see those true freshmen. I didn't see Ben Morrison being the impact guy as a true freshman. So my guess wouldn't be Ben Minnick for it, but I haven't been right so far. So. Maybe it is. I'm really going to test your memory here. When you think back oh, to okay. Alt in the recruiting process, was he being recruited by the who's who, the premier teams of college football? No. Well, the 2021 cycle for Alt, that was the, that was the COVID year, yeah. right, where they didn't get to take – I mean, they got to take, like, unofficials early before COVID, but then that was a class that couldn't take any official visits. It was from, you know – March of 2020 through the rest of their process that they couldn't have any face-to-face contact with college coaches. That's when I was doing all these interviews with players who just did a self-guided tour of campus. Like that's a big story. Like, Oh, you're taking a, just walking around campus. Can't see the coaches or really do much, but uh, in yeah, Minnesota in state schools after him, I think he had Wisconsin, probably his other biggest offer other than Notre Dame, Iowa, Iowa state, but it was something like, eight or nine offers wasn't anything crazy i mean you got to remember it's like six seven like 220 as a junior and before he committed to notre dame like committed to notre dame before the start of the senior season um never played really offensive tackle he's a off he was a tight end that basically wow. played as a tackle um caught a few passes nothing crazy but yeah it was a total project diamond rough kind of guy and then by the time he got to notre dame he was up to like 280 or 290. Like, the guy got massive in just, a, you know, time frame of, a, you know, 12 to 18 months or so. Guy puts on all this weight, and you're like, man, that can't be good for you. But no, it was all good weight. His family was monitoring it. His dad had a similar transition as a, as a lighter guy who, you know, grew into a, an offensive tackle. And then John Alt, you know, went on to be a pro bowler with the Chiefs. So, something that they're familiar with, like, hey, Put on all this weight so fast. How can we make it, you know, not uh, you know, something where you could be injury prone because of this? Like, can't be great on your body. Put on that weight, but no, here he is. Get him. Probably be a first round pick next year. Well, had we known when you became president of his fan club, we should have made him a stock on Wall Street. You could retire right now. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously, I mean, he's can't imagine he's going to come back next year right i mean he might be, he could the be first a top 10 taken. pick mike he could be number one pick yeah absolutely a left tackle in the nfl priceless yeah priceless amazing well let's hope he stays healthy which is good for him and good for the notre dame football team and good for sam hartman in 2023 okay so i guess we're past the halfway point of spring practice but still so much to cover 
And I think we've teased the CJ Carr stories a lot in this particular presentation, but it's worth mentioning once again, that's worth the price of going to blueandgold.com and becoming a member. Yeah, definitely. Our current deal, I believe, is, is still the twenty nine ninety nine. Gets you access to the start of the football season, which is what five five months away or four and a half months away, something like that. So you do the math there. I mean, you're you're, you're talking about less than ten bucks um, a month. If you know, I wasn't a math major, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna guess I'm in the ballpark. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a deal and a half still. And uh, go to blueandgold.com, see what it's all about. I mean, the the amount of premium content we post for our, our subscribers is a fantastic a large volume of content plus the great quality and then the blueandgold.com message board um, is, is the place to be to interact with all these fighting Irish fans and, and, and our staff as well so it's a lot of fun I love it and uh, yeah just recommend people go to blueandgold.com and check it out alright Mike thank you so much for your time and your information Mike Singer Notre Dame football recruiting insider Blue and Gold Illustrated blueandgold.com we will talk to you again next week alright sounds good thank you Derek thank you so much Mike Singer Blue and Gold Illustrated blueandgold.com he joins us normally every Tuesday but this week on Thursday and we look forward to our next visit with Mike we'll take a time out more Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up in a moment on Sports Radio 960 WSBT one question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 637 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. It is time for our My 5 question of the day. And today's question is, what are the five most interesting NFL draft prop bets that you can get right now at DraftKings Sportsbook? Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. We're just a couple of weeks away from the NFL draft, and the numbers are changing dramatically in a lot of areas. So let's begin with my number five NFL draft prop bet. And it centers around running backs. Running backs have been devalued in the NFL draft. We used to see running backs go regularly in the first round. Not so much anymore. But number five is this. There is no doubt who the first two running backs will be taken and in which order. Texas' Bijan Robinson is going to be the first running back selected according to the oddsmakers His odds right now to be the number one running back taken, minus 10,000. Let me put that into perspective. If you bet $100 on Robinson to be the first running back taken in this draft, you win $101. You get your 100 back and you get an extra dollar. That's it. The number two running back selected appears to be Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. He's at minus 2,000 to be the second running back selected. In other words, you bet 100, you win 105 if he is taken second. A distant third is UCLA's Zach Charbonnet. I mean, he's a long way away between those two guys. So the top two running backs, Robinson then Gibbs, seem to be a lock according to Las Vegas. Four. Number four, 
The first non-quarterback selected has four top candidates. The leader right now, according to the odds makers, is Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson. He's at minus 400 to be the first non-quarterback selected. You would expect that to be at number three, unless Arizona trades out of three so another team can move up to take a quarterback. Another possibility to be the first non-quarterback selected, you've got Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez at plus 500. Another edge rusher, Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson at plus 800. I got to be honest, I'm hesitant to take a defensive player from the Big 12 in the top 10. I'm not being fair, but you know what I'm saying if you follow college football, but Wilson apparently the real deal. And another option to be the first non-quarterback selected, I would say a month ago, it seemed like this was going to be the guy, but a bad pro day, some legal issues. Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter is now plus 800. After those four, there's a big drop-off to Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson and Illinois corner Devon Witherspoon. Today's My 5 Question of the Day. What are the five most interesting NFL draft prop bets? Next up, who will be the third quarterback taken in this year's NFL draft? The leader in the clubhouse right now, according to the odds makers at DraftKings Sportsbook, Florida's Anthony Richardson is at minus 275. That's a strong favorite. Next up, Kentucky's Will Levis. At plus 220, I believe he worked out for the Indianapolis Colts today. And then the third and fourth choices are likely the first two quarterbacks taken. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young of Alabama, they're both plus 850 to be the third quarterback taken. The next closest, all the way down to plus 4,000, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker coming off at ACL. Strong arm quarterback, had a big couple of years in Knoxville. I think he's going to be the fifth quarterback to be taken in the first round. His value is rising late in the process. Number two. This is a fun one as we go through my five most interesting NFL draft prop bets. Number two is the total players drafted in the first round by conference. The ACC is not well represented. I think as a conference last year, we'd all agree the conference was down significantly. Well, it shows at least in the draft process, the over-under for ACC players to be taken in the first round is three and a half. And under three and a half is the favorite at minus 140. Over is plus 110. You move to the Big Ten. Sounds like there could be a handful If not more from the Big Ten taken in the first round, the over-under for Big Ten players drafted in the first round, 8.5. The favorite significantly is over 8.5 at minus 240. Then you go to the Big 12. The over-under for Big 12 players taken in the first round, just 3.5. And over is the favorite at minus 185. The under is plus 150. And finally, the Southeastern Conference, where, of course, we all know it just means more. 
The over-under for SEC players taken to the first round is 11.5. The under is the favorite, though, at minus 235. That's a big favorite. And you get pretty good odds for over 11.5 SEC players taken to the first round. You get that at plus 185. Number one. And finally... My five most interesting NFL draft prop bets that I found today at number one. This has changed dramatically over the last couple of weeks, including the last couple of days. The first tight end selected in the NFL draft is no longer Michael Mayer, according to the odds makers. And hey, you look at a lot of mock drafts. That's the case as well. Dalton Kincaid from Utah has roared by Mayer. Kincaid is now the favorite to be the first tight end selected at DraftKings Sportsbook at minus 110. Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. Got some pretty good juice with Mayer. If he ends up being the guy, you're going to do okay. You get Mayer at plus 125. And those are my five most interesting NFL draft prop bets that I found at DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll talk some more wagering in just a couple of moments. An update on the Masters on the way. 645 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat rolls on for this Thursday evening, 650 at WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Augusta National looks beautiful as always today for round one of the Masters Tournament. The 87th playing of this premier event, only 88 players in the field. Almost half as many as a normal golf tournament. The best of the best are here. You've got some former champions, some amateurs that qualified to play in this championship. Normally, if you're in the top 15 in the world rankings, you are a major contender to win the Masters. And you take a look at the top of the leaderboard. Right now, it is a good-looking leaderboard. John Rahm, a part of the big three right now in golf with Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. Rahm, Victor Hovland, and Brooks Kepka have the lead right now. They're in the clubhouse with seven under par, 65s. Those three players have a two-shot lead over former major champion Jason Day and Cameron Young. They had five under par, 67s today. Sunshine, low 80 degrees. The greens receptive. The golf course still a little wet from some recent rain. Wind not a factor. The players wanted to get the golf course today because rain and cold weather is going to be the story the next three days, including on Saturday. They're expecting high temperatures in the upper 40s and then for Sunday in the 50s with rain possible, in particular tomorrow and Saturday and a possibility on Sunday. So if you're going to get the golf course, it was a little softer today. You can go at some pins maybe you would not normally. And I think guys are more aggressive today knowing the weather conditions coming up over the next couple of days. Tiger Woods, two over par, 74 today. The putter gave him some issues on the front nine. And Phil Mickelson, 
He had a one under par 71 today. So the Masters, round number one, almost in the books. Just a few players left out on the golf course, and we'll get going once again tomorrow morning with round number two. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. We wrap up with sports wagering conversation here on WSBT Radio. We go back to last night's program, the four selections. Two of them were already taken care of, or I should say three of those were taken care of very early on. One is still ongoing right now. I had a two-team parlay raise on the money line, which worked out But Bryce Elder. I had him not getting the win in the Braves-Cardinals game. He got the win, so that parlay was a loss. Yesterday, I had Dylan Cease over seven and a half strikeouts against San Francisco. That was a winner. He barely got by that number with eight. I had Blue Jays against the Royals and the Blue Jays in the first five innings minus a half a run. The score was nothing, nothing after five innings. And the one game yet to be decided, college hockey, Minnesota, 60-minute line against Boston University. It's the Frozen Four, the national semifinals down in Tampa. I took Minnesota at minus 130. You bet 10, you win 17-69. That game is in the second intermission, Minnesota 2 and Boston University 2. Let's hope that's going to be a winner. That's for good luck. Okay, let's go now to four suggestions for today's action. We start with the National Hockey League. Devils and Stars in a two-team parlay. Both are heavy favorites tonight. I've struggled the last couple of weeks. I'm wanting to see the ball go in the basket. I'm shooting an easy free throw. I'm hoping this works out because there's not a lot of juice with it. I just need a win. Devils on the money line against the Blue Jackets. Stars on the money line against the Flyers at minus 135. You bet 10, you win 17.49. College hockey, I've got an all-Big Ten final. Let's see if Minnesota gets through. Michigan, I've got them on the 60-minute line against Quinnipiac at minus 105. You bet 10, you win 19.52. Two baseball suggestions for tonight. Both from the same game, the Braves and the Padres in a very interesting National League matchup in Atlanta. You've got Steven Strider on the mound for the Braves, so I'm going Atlanta. He has been dominant since joining the majors last year. I've got the Braves on the money line against the Padres at minus 150. Bet 10, you win 1666. And from the same game, Ronald Acuna Jr. against the Padres over one and a half hits, runs, and RBI. At minus 120. Sports be brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Have a great evening. 655 at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 